it is good my black kings and my black cuisines today we are biggity back with another episode of all things bliggity black <laughs> i don't know why i said that like that but yes i'm your host ken with two ends and we're back today with another episode of all Black Everything, the podcast where we, you and me, you and I, us, together, discuss and discover, or discover and discuss, which one is it, I don't know, discover and discuss all things black. Today is a revamp episode of, you guessed it, Harriet Tubman, because I did a complete disservice to this queen when I did her episode the first time. Um Ooh Lord. Uh, I mean <sighs> I think like with the episode right after that I told y'all that I was gonna revamp this episode because in the original episode it was just it was terrible, 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 terrible energy. It was honestly tr- I don't know why I posted. I shouldn't have posted. Well, no, I'm glad I did post it. Because if I hadn't posted it, then I wouldn't have listened to it. And I wouldn't have been able to get better from it. But yes, this is a revamping slash better energy episode of the Harriet Tubman episode that was already previously posted. But uh, let's just hop straight into it. Uh, Sister Tubman was enslaved from birth in Dorchester County, Maryland in 1820 or 1821 on the plantation of Edward Brodus or Brodes. Her birth name was Araminta, and she she was called Minty until she changed her name to Harriet, which is the name of her mother, um, in her early teens. Her parents, Benjamin Ross and Harriet Green, were enslaved Africans who saw many of their 11 children sold into the Deep South. At age five, Araminta was rented to neighbors to do housework. She was never good at household chores and was beaten by her enslavers and renters. She wasn't educated to read or write. She eventually was assigned to work as a field hand, which she preferred to housework. At age 15, she suffered a head injury when she blocked the path of the overseer pursuing an uncooperative enslaved person. The overseer flung a weight at the other enslaved person, at the other enslaved people, hitting Tubman, who probably sustained a severe concussion. She was ill for a long time and never fully recovered. In either 1844 or 1845, Harriet Tubman married John Tubman, a free black man. Shortly after her marriage, she hired a lawyer to investigate her legal history and discovered that her mother had been freed on a technicality upon the death of a former enslaver. The lawyer advised her that a court wouldn't likely hear the case, so she dropped it. But knowing that she should have been born free led her to contemplate freedom and resent her situation. In 1849, Queen Harriet Tubman heard that two of her brothers were about to be sold to the Deep South. And her husband threatened to sell her to that. What? What? Wait. Wait. It's 
a low down dirty man right here. How you gonna threaten to sell your your wife, G? <laughs> How you gonna threaten to hey, hey you better pipe down before I sell you for a couple coins like what? Any <laughs> what anyway she tried to persuade her brothers I'm, that's just crazy. She tried to persuade her brothers to escape with her but left alone. Making her way to Philadelphia and freedom. The next year, Tussa Tubman decided to return to Maryland to free her sister and her sister's family. Over the next 12 years, she returned 18 and 19 times, bringing more than 300 people out of slavery. Nah, that's a uh, that's a lot of people, y'all. I mean, it took her 12 years, but she only took 18 and 19 trips. That's... That's less than two trips a year, but more than one, so probably like ah, 1.5. We'll just we'll just slap 1.5 on that thing. We ain't going to do the math on that. But she saved 300 people, bro, in 12 years. Now, let's, 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 let's do some math on that. One one quick second. Let's do some math on that really quickly. Hey, 300 people over 12 years is 25. 25 people. 25, you save 25 people a year on 18 to 19 trips. So it's average almost one person a trip. With the times being lower, obviously she saved a couple more on some of the trips, but that's wild though. That's a insane number right there. Tubman's um organizing ability was crucial to her work with the Underground Railroad, a network of opponent of opponents of enslavement that helped freedom seekers escape. Tubman was only five feet tall, but she was smart and strong and carried a rifle. She used it not only to intimidate pro-enslavement people, but also to keep enslaved people from backing out. She told anyone who seemed ready to leave that dead Negroes tell no tales about the railroad. Oh, she a savage. Sister Harriet was a savage, bro. She said dead Negroes tell no tales. That's that's like this thing where I was listening. I went to the store today. And you know what I'm saying? I'm standing in the checkout line or whatnot. And this lady was playing something. I don't know if it was a video or, or a podcast or something. And the guy was talking about um like like following your dreams and, and you go crazy, right? How she was playing that and yeah, but anyway. Um Yeah, talking about like like following your dreams and achieving your 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 biggest goals, you know. Excuse me. And um, one thing he said was to put yourself in a position where you can't retreat. He was like, put yourself in a position where it's do or die, sink or swim. And that's basically what she did. Well, not basically. That's exactly what she did for the people that she was saving. She put them in a do or die situation, like. Alright, cool. You came with you gonna come with me, right? I bet. Ain't no ain't no ain't no ain't no turning back, bro. Cause you know too much. You know what I mean? 
you know the railroad, you know the, you know about the underground railroad, you know all the people that's helping us, helping me, helping me help y'all. I can't trust you to go back because if you do go back, then you might snitch. You know what I'm saying? Then, like she said, that nigga sell no tells. Ooh, but anyway, when Tubman first reached Philadelphia, she was under the law. Of the time, a free woman, but the passage of the Fugitive Slave Act, which I did an episode on, in 1850 made her a freedom seeker again. All citizens were obligated to aid in her recapture, so she had to operate quietly. But she soon became known throughout the North American 19th century black activist circles and freedmen's communities. After the Fugitive Slave Act passed, Tubman began guiding her Underground Railroad passengers to Canada, where they could truly, where they could be truly free. From 1851 through 1857, she lived parts, excuse me, she lived parts of the year in St. Catharines, Canada, and Auburn, New York, where many North American 19th century activists lived. In addition to her twice yearly trips to Maryland, to well, there you go, look at that, twice a year. In addition to her twice yearly trips to Maryland to help freedom seekers escape, Tubman developed her oratorical skills and began speaking publicly at anti-enslavement meetings and, by the end of the decade, women's rights meetings. A price had been placed on her head. At one time, it was as high as $40,000, but she was never portrayed. Now, see, that's, that's something interesting right there. The fact that she was never portrayed. You know, we don't discuss, you know, talk about... Uh, but well, one person. Well, there's there's many people, many people in Black history who've been portrayed by our own people. But you know, we've talked about one. That was Bob Marley. You know, and he was um, he was at his home before he was gonna do the the Smile. I think the Smile Jamaica concert, and them people came through and shot him up, shot up his house. You know, manager got hit five times. One time in the base of the in the in the base of the neck. Uh, wife got shot in the head. Bullet got lodged between her scalp and the and the skull. And you know, he he took a bullet in the arm, grazed his chest, took it in the arm. So I mean, you know, I think I've said it before, but all skin folk ain't kin folk. People, watch out who you watch. Watch who you hang around. You know, and not even go for family. Watch your family. Because all skin folk ain't kin folk, but I tell you. But uh, Tubman freed three of her brothers in 1854, bringing in the St. Catharines in 1857. Tubman brought her parents to freedom. They couldn't take Canada's climate, so she settled them on land she bought in Auburn with the aid of North American 19th century black activists. Earlier, she had returned to rescue her husband, John Tubman, only to find he'd remarry and wasn't interested in leaving. <laughs> See, now Harriet Tubman, Sister Harriet Tubman, Queen Harriet Tubman, is a very special individual. Um, she's a very caring, very loving individual. She attempted to save the man who threatened to sell her into slavery. Further into slavery. He literally threatened her with selling her. Was like, shawty, get your act together before I make a couple coins off you. 
She she tried to rescue this man. But you see John, you see John John Tubman, he was a uh uh he was what you would call nowadays a um a blue pill beta. Yes, a blue pill beta. He was a beta male. This man remarried and also wasn't interested in leaving. Like what? Like I think I think John Tubman may have had some some things going on. Some personal things. Uh Tubman earned sister Tubman. Earned money as a cook and laundress, but she also received support from public figures in New England, including key North American 19th century black activists. She was supported by Susan B. Anthony, William H. Seward, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Horace Mann, the Alcotts, including educator Bronson Alcott and writer Louisa May Alcott, William Steele, Will Steele of Philadelphia. I was about to say Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia, and Thomas Garrett of Wilmington, Delaware. Some supporters use their homes as underground railroad stations. All right, my boy John Brown. In 1859, when John Brown was organizing a rebellion he believed would end enslavement, he consulted Sister Tubman. She supported his plans at Harper's Ferry, raised funds in Canada, and recruited soldiers. She intended to help him take the armory at Harper's Ferry, Virginia, to supply guns to enslaved people they believed would rebel against their captivity, but she became ill and wasn't there. Brown's raid failed, and his his supporters were killed or arrested. She mourned her friend's death and continued to hold Brown as a hero. Tragic. Sister Tubman's trips to the South as Moses, as she'd become known for leading her people to freedom, ended as the Southerner states began to secede and the U.S. government prepared for war. Once war started, Tubman went south to assist with contrabands, freedom seekers. Attack went oh, 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 whoa, let's slow that down, let's slow that down. Went to the south to assist with contrabands, which were freedom seekers attached to the Union Army. There we go. The next year the Union Army asked Tubman to organize a network of scouts and spies among black men. She led forays to gather information and persuade enslaved people to leave their enslavers. Many joined regiments of black soldiers. In July 1863, Tubman led soldiers commanded by Colonel James Montgomery in the Combahee River Expedition, disrupting southern supply lines by destroying bridges and railroads of freeing more than 750 people. General, wait, 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 let's, let's, let's wait, let's, let's read that again. Well, let's read that last part. Freeing more than 750 enslaved people. So not only, not only, not only, not only, not only did she save three people, 300 people on her own. Through her own will, through the Underground Railroad, for 12 years. Not only did she save 300 people, but she also freed 750 more during a war. If my math perceives me right, 750 
plus 300 would be 1,050 people. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's right. 1,050 people, right? This lady has saved 1,050 slaves. Just listen to that number. 1,000 enslaved people. 1,050 enslaved people. Like, she pad like, she got to 999 and was like, keep going. Bam. 1,000. 50 people. That's a lot of people for one person to be involved in their freedom. Directly involved. Crazy. General Rufus Saxton, who reported the raid to the Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton, said, This is the only military command in American history, history wherein a woman, black or white, led the raid and the and under whose inspiration it was originated and conducted. Some believe Tubman was allowed to go beyond women's traditional boundaries because of her race. Tubman, believing she was employed by the U.S. Army, spent her first paycheck on building a place where black women, or freed black women, could earn a living doing laundry for soldiers, but she wasn't paid regularly or given rations she believed she deserved. Excuse me. She received only $200 in three years of service, supporting herself by selling baked goods and root beer, which she made after she completed her regular duties. After the war, Tubman never got never got her back military pay. When she applied for a pension with the support of Secretary of State William Sower, Colonel T.W. Higginson, and Rufus, Colonel, uh, General Rufus, her application was denied. Despite her service and fame, she had no official documents to prove she had served in the war. Now, see, that's just low down and dirty. That right there is just low down and dirty. This woman done, done served for y'all, saved countless lives, risking her life. And all y'all give her. Over three years of service is $200. And then she applies for a pension, right? A, a pension. And she has the support of the freaking Secretary of State, a Colonel, and a General. But y'all gonna say no because she ain't got no documents to prove she served in the war. When, this, when the Secretary of State, what did he say? What did he say? Let's go back. This is the only military command in American history wherein a woman, black or white, led the raid and under whose inspiration it was originated and conducted. Is word of mouth not good enough in this type of situation? I'm pretty sure she had uh, some soldiers that also could have fended for her, that could have came to her aid and spoke on her behalf. But, I mean, if you got the Secretary of State, a colonel, and a general, nobody else is needed. You shouldn't need anybody else or no papers. They, like, those three people should clearly be enough. But they was like, nah, Saudi. We need that piece of paper. We need that, we need that in writing. I mean, 
Really? You you gonna base whether or not you give somebody a pension on a piece of paper, dog? You're not even gonna cons- you're not even consider if you if you solely worried about her not having a document, her not having a paper, then you're not even focusing on what she actually did. What she actually contributed. The fact that she put her life on the line. But simply because she ain't got receipt of paper, you gonna tell her no? Man, sometimes this it, the thing these these type of things just don't make sense to me. I just don't. For me, it's just not it's not logical. But I digress. After the war, Susan Tubman established schools for free men in South Carolina. She never learned to read and write, but she appreciated the value of education and supported efforts to educate formerly enslaved people. She later returned to her home in Auburn, New York, which was her base for the rest of her life. She financially supported her parents and her brothers and their families moved to Auburn. Her first husband died in 1867 in a fight with a white man. <laughs> Freaking John Tubman. Um, in, 18, in 1869, she married Nelson Davis, who had been enslaved in North Carolina but served as a Union Army soldier. He was often ill, probably with tuberculosis, and frequently couldn't work. Tubman welcomed several children into her home, raising them as her own, and supported some impoverished, formerly enslaved people, financing her efforts through donations and loans. In 1874, she and Davis adopted a baby girl named Gertie. Oh, little Gertie. That sounds like a... uh, That sounds like a fat baby. Like, like Like if a woman gave birth to a fat baby. Like a chunky baby. And then you looking at this like big chunky ball and you just like we're gonna name her Gertie. Little Gertie. It's some people I feel like I feel like they name they have like old people names. And so it's kinda weird. Like Francis. Like what? Fran Francis is like an old person's name, but you gotta think that that old person was once young, so you know she out here a, a teenager, a young adult being called Francis. Like that's that's just weird. Or Betty, like like Betty White. Like Betty White at one point was young, and people was calling her Betty. Like she like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen in high school or whatnot, talking about some Betty. That's that's I don't know. It's just. Like I said, some people have, like, old people names. Um, to finance her life and support and her support of others, she worked with historian Sarah Hopkins Bradford to publish Scenes in the Life of Harriet Tubman in 1869. The book was initially, initially, why was that hard to say? Initially financed by North American 19th century black activists including Wendell Phillips and Garrett Smith, the latter a supporter of John Brown and first cousin of suffragist Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Tubman toured to speak about her experiences as Moses. Um, In 1886, Bradford, with Tubman's help, wrote a full-scale biography of Tubman titled Harriet Tubman, Moses of Her People. In the 1890s, she finally was able to collect a pension as Davis's widow, $8 a month. 
Tubman also worked with Susan B. Anthony on women's suffrage. She attended women's rights conventions and spoke for the women's movement, advocating for the rights of black women. In 1896, Tubman spoke at the first meeting of the National Association of Colored Women. Continuing to support aged and poor African Americans, Tubman established a home on 25 acres next to her home in Auburn, raising money with help for the AME church and the local bank. The home, which opened in 1908, initially was called the John Brown Home for Aged and Indigent. Oh my God, that country accent came out right there. Is that Mississippi accent? My bad, y'all. <laughs> Indigent colored people. I hope I said that word right. Uh, but later was named for her. So de- she donated the home to the AME Zion Church with the proviso that it would be kept as a home for the elderly. She moved into the home in 1911 and... Uh, Sally transcended of pneumonia on March 10th, 1913. Tubman became an icon after her death. A World War II Liberty ship was named for her, and in 1978, she was featured on a commemorative stamp. Her home has been named a National Historic Landmark. Uh, The Four Phases of Tubman's Life, an Enslaved Person, a North American 19th Century Black Activist, and conductor on the Underground Railroad, a Civil War soldier, nurse, spy, and scout, and a social reformer are important aspects of her dedication to service. Schools and museums bear her name, and her history has been told in books, movies, and documentaries. In April 2016, Treasury Secretary Jacob J. Liu announced that Tubman will replace President Andrew Jackson on a $20 bill by 2020 but plans were delayed uh not really sure why they were delayed i mean i guess i mean i guess you could say because of covid but you know of course they're gonna use that i don't really think that has anything to do with putting her excuse me but i don't really think that has anything to do with putting her face on a piece of green paper but I digress. Anywho, so that's the life and legacy of Sister Harriet Tubman. Uh, just to touch on one thing a little bit. Uh, one thing that I feel like we need more in the black community is people who are willing to be in service of the community. Um, I particularly don't like to call Native Americans Indians because the reason why they only call Indians is because you know, who Christopher Columbus um, thought he had discovered India when he did not. So I don't like to refer to Native Americans as Indians. But there's a saying that says, um, you know, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. And basically what it is, is it's just too many people trying to be leaders and we don't have enough followers, you know. Um, and that's essentially what we need more in our community is more... We need more people, more followers, more people who are willing to be in service. Like, you can be a leader and be a follower at the same time. Clearly, that's what Sister Harriet Tubman was. She was a leader and a follower. She was a leader 
of the different aspects of her life. She was a leader of, you know, the people that she freed from enslavement. She was a leader when she led those troops um, to disrupt those southern supply lines. Um, she was a leader when she had those, um, when she made the band of, of scouts and spies. But then at the same time, she was also a follower. She was a supporter. She was in service of the community. She built schools to educate, you know, um, to educate free people. She provided jobs. That's being a follower of the community. That's being in service of the community. And that's what I feel like we need more of. We need more people who are willing to be in service of the community instead of just trying to lead, always lead, 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 lead the community. You can lead somebody to nowhere. Literally, you can lead somebody to nowhere. Because maybe this isn't the aspect of life or the part of life or the time of life where you should be a leader. Maybe that time comes later for you. But right now, you just got to bide your time, follow the community, be in service of the community, help out the community. It's too many of us looking out for only ourselves. We're not even looking out for our family, our close friends, people who support us. We're just looking out for ourselves. I'm going to build, I'm going to... I'm going to build this business, and it's going to be mine. Ain't nobody going to get none of it. It's just mine, mine, mine. And yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You deserve it. You worked hard for it. You stay consistent. You are dedicated. You earned it. It is yours. However, once you earn it, once you get it, let it be of service to the community. Please, let it be of service to the community. If you got... A retail store, hire some black employees. That don't mean you got to hire just any old Joe Blow out the street. Of course, conduct your business how you see fit. Interview these people. Make sure you get in the right employees. But interview black people. Give them a chance, an opportunity. If you have, uh, I don't know, anything, a farm, and you sell... The products, the crops that you grow. Hire black farm hands. Hire black farm hands. Like I said, of course, conduct your business the best way you see fit, but at least give the black people an opportunity. Be in service of the black community. Keyword in service, service, servicio of the black community, like, Sister Harriet, hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me see if I can, let me see if I can find this thing, give me one second, give me one second, give me one second, give me one second, like this, she, she welcomed people into her home, her children into her home, she took care of these people, she were in service, she was in service, of these people. She took them into her home. And she took care of them. She looked after them. She made sure that they had everything that they needed. She made sure that these people were good. You know? Like, come on. 
I mean, it's it's like like it's just it's just too many of us who like it's good to like I I thoroughly believe in putting yourself first and you come first in your life and and you know your priorities come first in your life and your goals you know. Cause that's that's the only way you're gonna be successful. You you have to put yourself first. But once you get to the point of success, that's when you should look to support and help others. I mean, you can also do it along the way, but I feel like it's it's not really much necessary because you don't want to, you know, I'm saying you don't want to distract yourself. You don't want to get um. You don't want to get sidetracked. So, yes, focus on yourself, focus on your business, focus on your priorities, your goals, your dreams. But once you reach the point of success, look back, reach back and grab somebody. Please reach back and grab somebody. You don't got to grab a whole handful of people. Even if you grab one, cool, because it's possible that that one person, they could grab one or two people. And then those one or two people could grab Three, four, five people. And those three, four, five people could grab 10, 20, 30 people. You know what I mean? And, but we don't even do that. We don't even reach back and grab one person. We just close everybody else off and leave everybody else behind. But, anyway, Sister Harriet Tubman does have a notable quote, and that is how we will end this episode. Open quote. I had reasoned this out in my mind. There was one or two things I had a right to, liberty or death. If I could not have one, I would have the other, for no man should take me alive. All right, y'all. That's it for today's episode of All Black Everything. I hope you enjoyed the revamping, the better energy episode of Queen Harriet Tubman because that first episode was triggity trash, but that's in the past. We're moving on, baby. We're getting better. We are progressing forward. We are moving forward. We are learning from the past, applying the knowledge, gaining wisdom to further progress us into a better future, a brighter future. So with that being said, please, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share this with your mother, brother, sister, cousin, uncle, grandparents, and your auntie. Three times removed, twice replaced, added, never subtracted. Maybe divided, maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Like I said, we're going to get into it, but not today. Today is not the day to get into that. Anyway, uh, yes, please come back tomorrow for for another episode. Oh, oh, yeah. I told myself I got to stop doing this, like, closing it out and then thinking of other stuff. But I know for this month, I'm just kind of doing, you know, like, history and stuff. But after this month, we are going to get into, like, um, this actual discussions. And I'm going to start trying to have people on, you know, still trying to figure out how to do that whole type of thing. But I'm going to figure out how to have uh, have people on the, on the show. And that way we can have uh, actual... I can have an actual discussion with somebody, you know, versus it being me 
just talking and providing my thoughts and whatnot on it. So, uh, anyway, like I said, I hope you enjoyed this. Please share this with all your peoples and that one auntie. You know which one I'm talking about. Um, and remember, always, 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 always remember <laughs> black peace, black love, black soul. All right, I'm out, y'all.